today, right in the middle of Lenten, journey, we celebrate the solemnity of the Annunciation, or sometimes we can speak of incarnation of the Lord. Do you know that if this solemnity, if this event did not take place, we would not be here? If there is no moment of this Annunciation, this Incarnation, there will be no Christmas, there will be no Easter. Do you know if there is no, this moment, historical moment of Incarnation, would not gather for the Eucharist, there will be no confession, there will be no baptisms, there are no confirmations, there will be no churches like this. We can continue. There will be no 2.2 billion people who accept Jesus as the Redeemer, the Savior. There will be no Gandhi's approach to peace, nonviolent way of attaining social changes. We can continue so many things in our own personal life. What, we should, what would we be? We can continue with this, but what we wish to say is this. <clears throat> this is how great, how loving God is. We hear that from all eternity, he already, God made a decision not only to create us, but knowing that we ourselves, by exercising our freedom, to reject him, reject his promise, to follow the path of the evil one. He already made a decision to be with us, to come, to have this moment of incarnation where God wedded human being, human family into one. You know, the mystery of the Annunciation and incarnation is sometimes it is spoken of was something that the early church really reflected deeply upon. They say, why? Why? Why would God be, wish to become one of us? Why? Why would he wish to become a servant of us? Why would he wish to enter the human frailty? And there's only one reason, and that because he wanted us to become like God. Creatures as we were, yes, we have received the immortal soul, but we do not have the capacity to enter into the, into the world of divine. We cannot. There's no way. We're creatures. Yes, we have spiritual component. That means we have a capacity to receive the Lord, but we ourselves are incapable of becoming like God. This was a temptation of our original parents the evil one says, if you say no to God, then you'll become like God. You'll be God. That's the temptation, that we, if we make our own laws and make decisions against God, then we shall be like God. And of course, that's the fallacy. That's where the trappings, this is when we destroy ourselves in a process because we cannot be. But then it wasn't because we were not capable, because in fact, we were not capable, but God, out of love, made it possible for us to share 
in the dignity of the sons and daughters of God, to share in the dignity of the Son of God, Jesus himself. This was the gift that he has given us. That is the, 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 the extraordinary treasure, the extraordinary gift that God has given to us. In the early church, the question was posed frequently, and, and this is why there was a, an expression in Latin, cur homo deus, why God became man, so that we may become God, or God-like, because by nature we cannot be God, but by adoption he, 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 he uh, took us into a, into a special relationship. We have today's first reading from the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before, before the birth of Christ. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. I will not ask, I will not tempt the Lord, was King Ahaz's response. But then the Lord says, listen, O house of, of David, even though you don't want, you don't want to participate, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. There are many references to the coming of the Son of God. Here I am. Lord, I come to do your will. It's, that's the second person of the Holy Trinity before the incarnation. God who wished to do something on our behalf to become our servant. This is the mystery. How could God become servant? And yet this is what we have. God becomes servant to us because he wants to do something extraordinary which we are not able to do. It is written in a scroll, it is prescribed for me, to do your will, O God, is my delight, and your law is within my heart. I announce you justice to your people. I did not restrain my lips, O oh Lord. This is the words of Jesus to us, but already written in the Psalm number 40. But as we know from the first chapter of the Gospel of John, the word was, became flesh and dwelt among us. To his own he came, but his own did not recognize him did not accept him, but to those who accepted him, he gave eternal life. He gave him a life of glory. So we continue. You know, uh, how many people kind of see, look at Jesus, and it is an interesting thing that perhaps as many as 30, maybe 35% look at Jesus as only as a teacher, as a great teacher, rather than as the Lord himself, as the Redeemer himself. They look upon him as someone who can guide us. He knows the, the, the concept of, of Deus, whereby Jesus was not someone who was truly the Son of God, but only a great, great man. Publio I, going back to fourth, fourth, 400, fifth century, said something very, unu very unusual in the way he was thinking and the way he was describing. Lowliness is assured by majesty, weakness by power, mortality by eternity. To pay the debt of our sinful state, a nature that was incapable of suffering was joined to the one that could suffer. 
thus in keeping with the healing that we needed, one and the same mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, was able to die in one nature and unable to die in the other because he was God. He who is true God was therefore born in a complete and perfect nature of a true man, whole in his own nature, whole in ours. By our nature, we mean what the Creator had fashioned in us from the beginning and took to himself in order to restore it. For in the Savior, there was no trace of what the deceiver introduced to man being misled. In our Savior, there is no sin, there is no rebellion, there is no rejection of God. So therefore, he could embrace our humanity and he invites us into, into renewed, restored humanity in his own body. He took the nature of a servant without stain of sin, enlarging our humanity without diminishing his divinity. He emptied himself, though invisible, he made himself visible. Though creator and Lord of all things, he chose to be one of us mortal men. Yet this is what, yet this was the condensa condensation, condescension of compassion, not the loss of the omnipotence. So he who is nature of God had created man became in the nature of a servant, man himself. And he continues this reflection. Thus the Son of God enters this lowly world. He comes down from the throne of heaven, yet does not separate himself from the Father's glory. He's born in a new condition by a new birth. He was born in a new condition, invisible God, and yet he became one of us. He's true God, and he's also true man. There's no falsehood in this unity as long as the loneliness of a man and the preeminence of God coexist in mutual relationship. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. A beautiful reading. This is from the Office of Readings, if you wish to look. It's a, one of the kind of reflections on, on the nature of Jesus, not losing his divinity and yet embracing humanity in his fullness. And in his humanity, he was able to embrace our nature, and in his divinity, he was able to save us. So this is what we have. Today, on this 25th, on this day of the 25th of March, we also received something from the Holy Father, Pope Francis, you might already know, a year ago, we consecrated the world to the, to the to Immaculate Heart of Mary. In a special way, we consecrated Russia and Ukraine for the sake of peace. We consecrated them because of the violence, the war, and the destruction, and human misery. And so many have died, perhaps as many as 200,000. We don't even know how many have been wounded, half a million maybe those who, are, who, have, who have, will be scarred for life. And so Pope Francis, once again this year, has invited the Catholics worldwide to renew the act of consecration. The consecration of the Church and also humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, to Mary. And he wishes that this consecration will be done every year, not just once but every year on the 25th of March, on the Feast of the Annunciation. 
And so a couple of days ago, at the end of the general audience, which is usually on Wednesday, the Pope recalled last year's service when in union with all the bishops of the world, the Church and humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine, were consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so the Holy Father says, let us not tire of entrusting the cause of peace to the Queen of Peace. Let us not forget troubled Ukraine, which is suffering so much. And so the Pope has invited every believer and, and community, especially prayer groups, to renew every March the act of consecration to Our Lady, that she who is our mother may preserve us in the unity and peace. And Holy Father continues, says, as Russia's violent invasion of Ukraine entered its second month, Pope Francis pronounced the act of consecration after leading Lenten penance. This was last year, but he wishes that we will do this every year. He also says there's no magic formula in the act of consecration because it's a spiritual act of trust by children who, amid the tribulation of this cruel and senseless world war that threatens our world, turn to their mother, reposing all their fears and pain in her heart and abandoning themselves to her. So it basically it means we surrender our heart to her. We ask her to guide us. We ask her to help us out because we don't have the capacity. But by this very act, we join together with her, join her prayers with ours and ours with her. And so this act of consecration is, a, is an act of faith. We know that Our Lady asked for consecration in Fatima. And he says, if we don't, if we do not, if we do not pray, if we do not offer our prayers on behalf of nations, Russia especially, then she will continue to, to cause difficulties and problems. I'd like to pray this prayer of consecration with you. I know that this is fairly lengthy prayer, and I'd like to pray it will take several minutes. But join me in your heart as we offer ourselves. Pope Francis wrote this prayer, kind of lengthy, but it's a beautiful prayer. So um, perhaps you may wish to pray later by yourself. So let us now kneel and ask a lady to welcome this prayer as we join together with all the bishops all around the world, all the people who are doing so throughout this day. So we pray. O Mary, Mother of God and our Mother, in this time of trial we turn to you. As our Mother, you love us and know us. No concern of our hearts is hidden from you. Mother of mercy, how often we have experienced your watchful care and your peaceful presence. You never cease to guide us to Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Yet we have strayed from that path of peace. We have forgotten the lesson learned from the tragedies of the last century, the sacrifice of the millions who fell into two wars, world wars. We have disregarded the commitments we have made as a community of nations. We have betrayed people's dreams of peace and the hopes of the young. We grew sick with greed. 
We thought only of our own nations and their interests. We grew indifferent and caught up in our selfish needs and concerns. We chose to ignore God, to be satisfied with our illusions, to grow arrogant and aggressive, to suppress innocent lives and to stockpile weapons. We stopped being our neighbors' keepers and stewards of our common home. We have ravaged the garden of the earth with war, and by our own sins, we have broken the heart of our Heavenly Father, who desires us to be brothers and sisters. We grew indifferent to everyone and everything except ourselves. Now with shame, we cry out, forgive us, Lord. Holy Mother, amid the misery of our sinfulness, amid our struggles and weaknesses, amid the mystery of iniquity that is evil and war, you remind us that God never abandons us, but continues to look upon us with love, ever ready to forgive us and raise us up to new life. He has given you to us and made your immaculate heart a refuge for the church and for all humanity. By God's gracious will, you are ever with us. Even in the most troubled moments of our history, you are there to guide us with tender love. We now turn to you and knock the door of your heart. We are your beloved children. In every age, you make yourself known to us, calling us to conversion. At this dark hour, help us and grant us your comfort. Say to us once more, I am not here. Am I not here? I, who am your mother. You are able to untie the knots of our hearts and of our times. In you, we place our trust. We are confident that especially in moments of trial, you will not be deaf to our supplication and will come to our aid. That is what you did at, at Cana in Galilee when you interceded with Jesus and he worked the first of his signs. To preserve the joy of the wedding feast, you said to him, they have no wine. Now, O oh mother, repeat those words and that prayer, for in our own day we, we have run out of the wine of hope. Joy has fled, fraternity has faded. We have forgotten our humanity and squandered the gift of peace. We open our hearts to violence and destructiveness. How greatly we need your maternal help. Therefore, Mother, hear our prayer. Star of the sea, do not let us be shipwrecked in a tempest of war. Ark of the new covenant, inspire projects and paths of reconciliation. Queen of heaven, restore God's peace to the world. Eliminate hatred and thirst for revenge and teach us forgiveness. Free us from war. Protect our world from the menace of nuclear weapons. Queen of the Rosary, make us realize our need to pray to love, to pray and to love. Queen of the human family, show people the path of fraternity. Queen of peace, obtain peace for our world. O oh, Mother, may your sorrowful plea stir our hearts, hardened hearts. May the tears you shed for us make this valley parched by our hatred blossom anew. Amid the thunder of weapons, may your prayer turn our thoughts to peace. 
May your maternal touch soothe those who suffer and flee from the rain of bombs. May your maternal embrace comfort those forced to leave their homes and their native land. May your sorrowful heart move us to compassion and inspire us to open our doors and to care for our brothers and sisters who are injured and cast aside. Holy Mother of God, as you stood beneath the cross, Jesus, seeing the disciple at your side, said, Behold your son. In this way, he entrusted each, us, each one of us to you. To the disciple and to each of us, he said, Behold your mother. Mother Mary, we desire to welcome you into our lives, into our history. At this hour, a weary and distraught humanity stands with you beneath the cross, needing to entrust itself to you and through you to consecrate itself to Christ. The people of Ukraine and Russia who venerate you with great love now turn to you, even as your heart beats with compassion for them and for all those peoples decimated by war, hunger, injustice, and poverty. Therefore, Mother of God and our Mother, to your Immaculate Heart we solemnly entrust and consecrate ourselves, the Church, and all humanity, especially Russia and Ukraine. Accept this act that we carry out with confidence and love. Grant that war may end and peace spread throughout the world. The fiat that rose from your heart opened the doors of history to the Prince of Peace. We trust that through your heart, peace will dawn once more. To you, we consecrate the future of the whole human family, the needs and expectations of every people, the anxieties and hopes of the world. Through your intercession, may God's mercy be poured out on the earth, and the gentle rhythm of peace return to mark our days. A Lady of the Fiat, on whom the Holy Spirit descended, restore among us the harmony that comes from God. May you, our living fountain of hope, water the dryness of our hearts. In your womb, Jesus took flesh. Help us to foster the growth of communion. You once trod the streets of our world. Lead us now on the paths of peace. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. 
That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.